many of you feel a little bit better now than when you got here today? I know I do. I know I do. I, I told worship and tech teams earlier, we have a little huddle that we do to just uh, pray before we get started with all the rehearsals and run-throughs and all of that this morning. And uh, there's an old joke about this guy, and it was Sunday morning, and it was time to get up, and his mom said, come on, you got to get up, go to church. He goes, I'm not going today. And she said, you have to, you're the pastor. <laughs> and I'll be honest with you, about 10 till 4 this morning when I woke up, I thought, is it Sunday? Come on, you know. But God is so good, and uh, it's been a wonderful morning, and it's our turn now. We've had a great time already, amen? Yeah. All right. Hey, um, one of our ministry partners is with us. Through your giving, we give, and uh, we give globally, we give locally, we give um, a number of efforts and so forth, and uh, for probably, the church is 32 years old, so I'm thinking for 32 years, we have been a ministry partner with Women's Pregnancy Center, and uh, they have set up a table uh, today out in our lobby. Yeah, go ahead and give them a good God bless. The work that they're doing is so absolutely vital, and we're thankful to have such a, a, a quality ministry of Women's Pregnancy Center. Um, we're, in, we're in some dark and confusing days for a lot of people, and just so as you know, okay, we are very, very absolutely pro-life. You need to know that. The Bible very clearly says that God knew us in our mother's womb. He knew us before any of our days out here were yet lived. And there's purpose for children. And we've seen it historically happen. And our, our, it's, it's a great deception, honestly. But we're just watching, you know, um, a, a big fight right now regarding abortion and so forth. And this is not a house of condemnation. If you've been through um, an abortion or had any part of one, go to God and get some forgiveness, Okay. Go, go get forgiveness, and, and he will. He will forgive, but we've, we've got to help. You know, we watch historically in the Scripture even that when Moses was coming, it's like the enemy knew a deliverer is coming and issued a decree for all boy children under the age of two to be essentially wiped out. When Jesus was coming, the king put out a decree that all children under the age of two um, to be wiped out. And it's because the enemy knows deliverers are coming, gifts are coming, blessings are coming. And uh, it's, um, it's, it's a very confusing, divisive thing in our culture today. But you just need to get clear in yourself. Walk in love, walk in wisdom, help ministries such as Women's Pregnancy Center. They're doing such a fabulous job of, of helping women to see there's a viable, real life on the inside of them and worth living, worth saving and and uh, so we want to continue to help them. They also have, uh, there's some legislation uh, potentially pending and so forth too. And they have information about what they're doing and so forth. Their table is out there. Go cheer them on, okay, before you leave today. Get a little more information about them. And uh, we're very, very proud to be one of, their, one of their ministry partners. Can we give it up for Women's Pregnancy Center again? All right. Uh, a little more COVID good news, okay. Um, Last five weeks, we've been having decline. Um, it's still, you know, serious, and there's still, you know, a number of people. But uh, a little 
five weeks ago, there were over 3,000 daily cases. Now there's under 400. And so it's been a 40, another 40.8% drop since last week. So I'm thankful for that. Now, I am not good at math, okay? I'm not good at math. So I didn't come up with these numbers. And Alicia asked me the other day, she said, you keep telling us these percentage declines. Shouldn't be, we be about done by now? But the thing is, every time, like the first week I told you there was a 5% uh, decrease, well, then that creates your new top number. So then a percentage of that comes down, and then that comes up, okay? Do you see me explaining math to the masses? <laughs> Isn't the name of Jesus powerful? Um, but I'm just so thankful. It's still a very serious thing. We want to continue to be wise and uh, to be encouraged and uh, to trust Jesus. Amen. And I'm thankful, and we're going to get all the way through this. And so, amen. A couple quick things. Um, October 24th. Did you know it's October? It's October. On October 24th, all men, calling all men, we're going to have on that Sunday night, we're going to have our annual men's rally on October 24th. So all guys get here. All ladies, make sure they get here. You got to drop them off, get them here, okay? And uh, I'm not talking about all old men. I'm, talking, I'm not talking about all young men. I'm talking about all men. I want all men to be there on that night. We're going to have a blast. We're going to have some great food and some good competition stuff, but then we're going to talk just straight up about men being men of God in these days. And so I'm calling all men, come to our special gladiator night on October 24th. And then just real quick, a couple other things. I don't want these to sound like announcements because they're not. I'm trying to keep you involved in the life of the church and what really, really works. Um, after every service, right over here under this screen, uh, prayer team will be there. And if you need prayer, they are glad, they're prayed up, they're ready to welcome you and pray with you, a prayer of agreement. Don't leave this place today carrying your burdens and cares. Agree with somebody in prayer. They're glad to do that uh, after every service. And then don't forget giving. Giving is a way to put God first. And if you put God first, he helps you with the rest. I can't explain it any better than that. Put God first and he helps you with the rest. And uh, so put him first in your giving. That's where a lot of people opt out in doing that. And uh, just put him first. You can never outgive God. Watch what God will do. Growth track happens during this service, so you stay here. But next week, if you haven't been through growth track, go through growth track. It's a way that you can join the family. It's a way that you can join the team and uh, just be very enriching for you. And then groups are fired back up, so make sure that you get into a group for the fall. So many good things happen as a result of that up-close um, time together with other people um, in, in a group. Well, you ready to get into this series today? I don't know what I looked at, but I was looking for something over there. I used to have a lot of hair. So I treasure what I have. Amen. Hey, we're in week seven of Gladiator, week seven. And uh, yesterday I was typing my final notes. I'm working all week long on series. I'm working on our next series. Um, I'm working on the men's rally. Um, and, I, and I love all of that. I feel like I'm uh, in the kitchen, you know, and in the garden and, and pulling it all together. Um, but yesterday when I typed out Gladiator Part 7, I just can't believe that we're in Part 7 of this all already. 
And then in a couple weeks, I'm going to do a, a brand new series. We'll go probably for about six weeks. It will take us all the way up to December. Can you all believe this? And uh, it's called Getting Through What You're Going Through. Getting Through What You're Going Through. We're going to talk about grief and recovery and um, anxiety and so many different things. We've had so many things happen in the last 18, 20 months or so. How do we process that? How do we, what does the Bible say about getting through these things? Um, things that we've never seen the likes of before. How do we get through that? And then how do we prepare ourselves? Can I, can I tell you something? Once COVID's over and, and even if you got all happy with whoever was in office, wherever, how many of you know that after that, it's not all blue skies? You know, not till heaven. There's always going to be challenges and this and this and this and this and this. And how do we get our traction for the rest of our days? A strength that is equal to the rest of your days, the Bible promises. And so we'll be talking about that, getting, getting through what you're going through. And that'll start in just a couple of weeks. But Gladiator, part seven, let me lay out the groundwork. I don't want you to get tired of this. This is the absolute basis that has to be here for us to understand um, the armor of God and the battle that we're in. And first of all, it says that we are in a battle. I need to make sure everybody's here. We are in a battle. We are in a spiritual struggle, a spiritual battle. It is unseen, but it is more real than the seen. And there's always something that you can't see that's influencing what you can see. Hear that? There's always something you can't see that's influencing what you can see. And the problem comes when we try to, and we tend to try to fight what we can see. So we're trying to fight what we can see, but this is a spiritual battle. And so we're going to end up fighting it wrong, using the wrong weapons, wrong target. And what we've got to get the clear spiritual intelligence on this and do this right. This is a spiritual unseen battle, spiritual battle. It requires spiritual armor and spiritual weapons. Can you say Amen. Now, the enemy, and this is important for you to know. I know I've told you seven weeks in a row, but get this, get this, get this. The enemy cannot just stop you. He cannot just outright destroy you. He knows that. I'm not sure that you do. And so he cannot just outright stop and destroy you. So he spends his time and his energies to deceive you and to discourage you. Would y'all say he's busy at that? Why? Why is he working so hard to deceive you and to discourage you is because he wants you to take yourself out. He's trying to get you to take yourself out, to destroy yourself. Listen to this. The, the devil, the enemy is defeated, but he's still present and he's still active and he's still who he's always been. He's a liar. He's a thief. He's a cheat. He's He's a deceiver. He's all of those things. He continues to be those things. So he's going to continue to operate defeated, but still in the whole timeline of God, he's still present. He's still active and he is very, very active. Why? To deceive you so that you, and to discourage you so that you stop yourself. So it all has to do with what you know. And then what, out of what you know, what you apply so do you know what he knows about you? See, he knows, the enemy knows who you are in Christ Jesus, what you have in him, what you can do, 
what your purpose is. He knows those things. Do you know those things? And see, that's largely what the armor of God is about. It's about us knowing. This is not a literal uh, armor, not literal weapons. This is imagery representing spiritual realities, that you have to know these spiritual realities and then apply them in your life, and that's how you overcome, that's how you win in this spiritual battle. Did that make any sense to you? Did you get that? All right. Let me read to you out of Ephesians chapter 6, a few quick verses here in the message paraphrase. And they're taking like the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, and so forth. And, and this is a paraphrase. Watch this. Truth, righteousness, peace, faith, and salvation are more than words. Learn how to apply them. You'll need them throughout your life. Let's go ahead and read uh, in Ephesians chapter 6, and we're going to read the whole passage here on the armor of God. That's what we're talking about. And this will bring us up to speed. So where we're at today. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the full armor of God so that you, say that's me, so that you will be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. He's a schemer. Verse 12, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against, watch this, it's spiritual enemies, against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places or in the spiritual realm. Um, Verse 13, therefore, because of that, take up the full armor of God so that you will be able to resist on the, evil, on the evil day and having done everything to stand firm. Stand firm, therefore, having belted your waist with truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and having strapped on your feet the preparation of the gospel of peace, in addition to all, taking up the shield of faith with which you will be able to extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and uh, help me out, sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. So today I want to talk about the sword of the spirit. Come on, everybody say it again, the sword of the spirit. Now, all of everything described is considered to be defensive and protective. When we get to the sword, we're talking about something that is offensive. Um, It's often taught that that's our only offensive weapon. I disagree, and that's why this series doesn't have uh, seven weeks. It has eight weeks. So next week, we're going to talk about prayer. Because right in the context, the next few passages, the powerful weapon of prayer. You don't want to miss next week. If you miss next week, I will hunt you down. (laughs) Um, But the sword of the Spirit is a major offensive weapon that, that we have. And so... This is a replica of the sword of the spirit. This is a replica of a Roman uh, soldier's sword. I just need somebody to come play the part of the devil. (laughs) Any volunteer? No volunteers. Um, This is just a replica, but it's cool. The Roman soldier had two different swords had a sword that was called the gladius, which is a long or it's called a long or a broad sword. And 
they carried that, but then they also carried, this is um, in, the, in the Greek, makaira, and it actually means dagger or knife. Now, I've never had a dagger or knife like this. Ran about 18 to 24 inches of blade, as you see, very sharp point, two sides that were very sharp. And what this was for is also shiny for a reason, part of the care and maintenance of all of their uh, what they did was to keep the sword shiny. I'll tell you why in just a moment. But this is for close battle. This is for up close. How many of you know this could do some damage? This is for piercing, for stabbing, for thrusting. But here's why it's shiny also. It's to warn. And if, if the enemy knows you're armed and you're ready, and you can give them just a little glint of that. Did you know that right now, uh, according to the book of Genesis, that when God had Adam and Eve leave Adam and Eve leave the garden, that he posted an angel with a glaring sword to guard anybody from coming in there. I believe it probably still exists on the earth, but there ain't nobody finding it. And part of it could be just be that they get blinded by it, just by the sword of that uh, that angel. Also, this is good for chasing folks, chasing your enemy. And so God has given us not a literal sword, but I love the imagery of this because this is serious, y'all. And this is exciting um, that God would give us something so that we can fight, and this is the important thing, up close. So the spiritual battle, and I know that the enemy tries to lob and shoot in flaming arrows, but a lot of this is just up close close and we need to be ready to be able to fight up close in some of the studies on this it's the sword of the spirit it's the spirit's sword it's the spirit's sword the one that he uses and the one that he furnishes so if you can think of the holy spirit of god giving you this sword and we're going to find out what this is and how to do this today um so i love that it's called the sword of the spirit because it reminds us that we are in spiritual battle and which requires that we have spiritual armor and spiritual weapons and look at me and boy do we we need to stop losing y'all you need to stop being on the run all the time as if being chased or hiding when God has given us everything that we need so that we can stand even in the evil day, to be able to stand, to resist, to withstand, and to overcome. Can I get an amen from somebody today? Amen. Well, it's the sword of the Spirit. If you'll put that up, sword of the Spirit. Here it comes now. Which is, come on, help me. The Word of God. Now, every word counts here. The sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. One thing you should note, too, about the sword is it would be carried on the belt of truth. So the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, hangs on the truth. And God's Word is truth. Amen. And so this brings together the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, 
And with all the people that come to Meadowbrook, we've discovered that there's a broad, broad background in your tradition or, or your exposure to church and Christianity. Some have never had any church and some have had too many churches. And, you know, I'm a spiritual mutt, um, you know, and just all of those backgrounds. And I love, though, that truth, and I learned it this way, truth is a road and you want to get on that road and stay on the road of truth. That'll take you somewhere. But on either side of the road are ditches. And one ditch is excess and abuse. So people will take a truth and drive it in the ditch of excess and abuse. And you're traveling along and you see that crew over in that ditch. What do you do? You go over in the other ditch to avoid that craziness. And now we're both in ditches. And so what we're trying to do, and we've tried to do for 32 years here, almost named the church Tim's Tow Truck, <laughs> is to get us out of the ditches and get back up on the road. Because all extremes lead to error. But truth leads to freedom. And it leads to God. And so we want to follow with that. So our traditions, our background sometimes was all word or it was all spirit. I learned it this way. All word, dry up. All spirit, blow up. Word and spirit, grow up. And so it's the word of God and the spirit of God that are going to help us to live in the victory of God with the life that God has for us. Amen. Well, the word, and I don't want want to get tricky with this. Bring that back up, if you would. The sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. You see the word word, okay, and I'm going to say word a lot, but I hope you can track with me. The Greek word for word there is, in this passage, is rhema, rhema. Most times where you see the word word, the Greek word for it is logos, L-O-G-O-S. Logos means written, means presented. It's like here's the message. So this is the written word of God. This is the logos. But the sword of the spirit is the rhema. The sword of the spirit is the rhema means utterance or to say or to speak. And I'll insert this from the logos. So what it is, it's a now word from the word. It's, a now, it's as if God is speaking from his word into this moment. So it is a now, get this, a now and specific word for your specific situation. So it's not just wave the whole Bible at something. The Holy Spirit will draw from the word of God and give you a rhema word that is now, it is specific. How many of you know if you're in battle against the devil and you're dealing with, dealing with sickness, you can't be quoting some verse about um, Jesus wept. You can't just have, there's got to be something that is specific, now and specific, and it is spoken. I'll develop this out in just a moment, a little bit more. 
but literally we take the sword that the Spirit gives, which is the Word of God for this now moment, this situation. If you think you understand, just bob your head just a little bit. Okay, hang on. This Word, the sword of the Spirit, the Spirit gives you a Word from His Word, is a specific word that the Holy Spirit gives you from God's word for a particular situation or battle. How many of you have ever been afraid? Okay, dumb question, rhetorical question. I'm gonna ask you again though. How many of you have ever been afraid, dealt with some fear, you're worried about something, okay? Do you have a sword? No, 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 don't give me the Sunday school answer. Do you have a sword for that? Do you have a rhema word for this fear that you're facing? Do you have a weapon? Do you know what it is? Can you say it? Can it come out of your mouth? Can you draw it out of its, out of its thing, sheath? <laughs> I know some Greek, though, but I don't know what's right in front of me. But can, Do you have that for the fear that you're dealing with? Do you know what the Word of God says? Has the Holy Spirit given you something for that? What about a situation that you're in? What about if you're feeling hopeless? What about if you're tempted? Anybody here ever been tempted? What about how do I deal with this temptation? How do I deal with this fear? How do I deal with this diagnosis? How do I deal with hopelessness? How do I? De- you better have a sword so that you are not being chased around by the enemy and you don't have anything to fight back with. Well, I go to church and I got a Bible. You need a sword. And the Holy Spirit will give you a sword that is now, it is specific for what you're facing, what you're dealing with, so that that up-close battle, you can take care of business with the sword the Spirit would give you. Amen. Look in John chapter 14, verse 26. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things And watch this, bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. So he will teach you, the Holy Spirit will teach you, and the Holy Spirit will bring to your remembrance. That means he will re, get this, remind you. Remind you, it means this, to bring back to mind. Well, if I'm gonna go back to Albuquerque, I have to have already been there before. So if he's going to bring something back to mind, it has to be something that has been in my mind, which indicates you have to have had some kind of exposure, some kind of interaction with God's word already for him to remind you of it. In first service, I used this illustration. I said, Pastor Tom, remember in fourth grade after my parents divorced that my grandpa and grandma made sure I had a good Christmas? Remember that? And I got that that green Schwinn Stingray bike with the high handlebars and the, and the banana seat. Do you remember that? He didn't remember that. You know why he didn't remember that? Because he wasn't there. My sister was sitting here first service though, and I said, but Cindy, do you remember? In fourth grade, we had to leave our neighborhood, and we moved into Lake Griffin Trailer Park, and we, and we moved there. Mom and dad split, but grandma and grandpa made sure we had a good Christmas. Do you remember that? And do you remember that? I got a... Schwinn green stingray bike with a banana seat? She said, I do. Why? Because she was there. 
So if the Holy Spirit's going to bring something back to your mind, it has to have already been there. You have to have had some exposure, some interaction with it already for that to happen. Are you, are you with me? Now, so the Spirit draws upon what you've had interaction with. The Holy Spirit then brings a now and specific word for what you're dealing with right now. And it is a word. Remember that part of rhema means, means to give utterance or to say or to speak. Get this. Part of using your sword is you have a word from God to speak into or over your situation. Hear it again. Part of this, having the sword of the Spirit, which is the rhema, word of God, is that God has given you a word for you to speak into or over your specific situation. Or are you just describing your situation, which is what most people do? Well, this is horrible and it's a mess and they're mad at me and I'm mad at them. It'll never work out. Is that all you got? Well, my children have drifted away and this and that. Or somebody said this about me. Or blah, blah, and blah. And what we do is we describe and we describe and we describe. I told you we become a bunch of spectators and commentators. And instead, we're supposed to be gladiators. And God will give us by his spirit a sword, a word. Did you know you're, you're not supposed to be silent about your situations? This is up close battle. This isn't for the break room at work or stand in the middle of the mall or something. This is the up close battle. You need to have a word from God, a sword that you can pull out and you can speak into and speak over this situation. Well, my child's not serving, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Well, the doctor said this, or they said this, or this is what I'm facing. What do you have? Do you have something to say back to this situation? It's vital that you do, and that is what the sword of the Spirit is. Now, watch this. When you put the Word of God in your mouth, it becomes a sword. Read that with me. When you put the Word of God in your mouth, it becomes a sword. One more time. When you put the word of God in your mouth, it becomes a sword. Now, this is a whole different study, whole nother day, but I want to throw this out to you. Your brain, the speech centers of your brain, how God designed you, the speech centers, when they engage, not the think centers, the speech centers, what you say when you engage your speak, speech centers... It overrides all other areas of your brain. It is vital that you are speaking. And when you speak the word of God, that's way different than when you think the word of God. Do you hear me? When you speak it out, it's way different than when just you think it. And you need to be thinking. You need to be meditating on the word of God, but you need to be speaking out because when you put the word of God in your mouth, it becomes a sword. Now, for the sake of time, I'm not going to read all of this in Ma uh, Matthew chapter 4, but you remember Jesus was led by the Spirit out into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. Forty days, forty nights, and he fasted. And it says that after a while, then he was hungry. I would be too. And the devil came, the tempter came, and the tempter went through a cycle of temptations. And if you do a deep study on that, it is the cycle, the complete cycle of temptations. It's a brand's 
brands and types of temptations that the devil will use in one form or another on all of us. And he would come to Jesus, and the first thing he did, he said, the devil said, so everything's on the word system, everything. The devil said to him, this is up close, he said to them, if you are the son of God. So what did he do? He started to question even his identity. And he challenged Jesus and tempted Jesus, turn these, turn these rocks into stone. I know you're hungry. I know you can do it. Just do it. Come on. And Jesus said, it. Jesus said, it is written. He pulled out a sword. Two other temptations in this that the devil said to him. And Jesus came back and he says, no, because it is written. He pulled out the sword to fight that back. And it says, and then the devil left. He left. I'll come back to that. Look with me in Isaiah 49, verse 2. He has made my mouth like a sharp sword. Every time Jesus said, it is written, that was his sword. Not just the three words, it is written, but what he said, what he said from God's word. Revelation 19, verse 15. Out of his mouth, goes a sharp sword. Four different times in the book of Revelation, we see that. When you put the word of God in your mouth, it becomes a sword. Now listen to me. This battle that we're talking about can be very fierce. It's up close. It's personal. The enemy, look at me, he's going to grill you. He's going to question your salvation. He's going to question the reality of God. You're kidding. You believe in God? He's going to question your purpose. He's going to question your identity. He's going to question your destiny. He's going to bring temptations to you. Temptations, understand this. Every temptation has a design with it ultimately to destroy or derail you. And the enemy likes to play the trick of getting away with it. He'll let you get away with a few things, and you think, well, nothing happened there. And you know what? It's to set you up. It's to get you further in the trap. So every temptation, you better fight temptation. I said you better fight temptation because it comes with design. It's not just, well, I, I get pulled this way or get pulled that way. No, this is a design to destroy you, to, de to derail you. You better have a sword. You better have a sword. And so he comes with temptations. He comes with thoughts and words to deceive you and to discourage you. And listen to me, you can't fight back with just witty sayings. You can't have just clever cliches. You can't fight back with human reasoning. This is spiritual battle, folks. If you try to use these witty little comebacks or cliches, that's like hitting the devil with a pillow. Pillow nothing. You need to have a sword. You need to do, say what? I'm serious. You've got to have a sword. And the sword of the Spirit is the Word of God. Say it with me. The sword of the Spirit is the Word of God. The Word of God is your armory. And we just celebrated in... in August, 32 years of this church, and I've watched something. I've fought it with everything in me, but it's something that's happening in our world. And that is people are less and less literate when it comes to the Bible. People are less and less using their Bible. 
we're, we're letting technology that's supposed to help and multiply our efforts actually shut down our efforts. And very few people, I've just gone old school, y'all. I've just gone old school. I'll use, I was just talking to a precious lady earlier. I, I've got Bible apps, version, all kinds of things in, in my phone. And if I'm waiting for an appointment or something, I'll, you know, I can, I can look there. But in the morning, I, I can't handle technology in, in the morning when I'm alone, uh, trying to be alone with God. Any diversion you take with technology averages 20 minutes sidetracked. I wonder how they're doing. Oh, they look like they had a great trip. Look at that. That's beautiful. Where'd she get that? DM me for this. Then you're just way over here. I, I can't handle it. So I'm, I'm leather and paper, baby. Open before God. But this is your armory. This is your armory. It's all in here. It's all in here. And I don't know what has happened, but people just don't know the word like they used to know the word. And it's almost by generations. And so I'm appealing to all of you. And it's not just by generations. It's also largely, and I hate to say this, but it's also by gender as well. It's like older women seem to know the word better. And I'm, I'm calling on all guys, get your sword. Get into the armory. Get the word of God. You've got to. I'll show you how. Everybody, you need the word of God because the sword of the spirit is the word of God. And the Holy Spirit is going to draw from the word of God that you already kind of have in you to be able to hand to you that sword. To win, you must be exposed to God's word. You must know God's word. You must understand God's word so that the Holy Spirit has something to work with. I said, this is your army. Guess what? For every problem, there is there's a promise. That's your, your battle is your problem. And you better know what God says about that. And some of you say, oh, no, I'm way behind. I don't know anything. Why don't I give you one thing? And it is the keynote of everything. You ready? That's all you need to know. Our God reigns. Okay, you just need to know that. Don't stop there. But when you leave here, you're in sanctuary right now. We have exalted the name of Jesus. We have prayed over this place. You're in a sanctuary. You're in a safe space. Darkness is pushed back. You're free. You are free to receive from God, to get healed, to get whole, to get well in every way. But you're going to go out there in just a few minutes. And I could hand you that sword, but that's only going to get you in jail. <laughs> or kicked out of the Cracker Barrel. Okay? So what you need when you go out there is a sword. And let me give you a sword today. Our God reigns. So some of y'all, you may know nothing else, but you're walking out there. My God reigns. <laughs> My God reigns. And you better know it. And then you better grow from there. Now, let me scoot. We, we still got a little ground to cover. You good? You there? And you got to stay ready. You got to stay ready. Start using the sword of the spirit or some form thereof for little challenges. See, I talk to people constantly over decades of ministry. They're coming back to the Lord. And the reason they came back to the Lord is not because things were going great for them, because something went south for them. Something went bad for them. Well, you know what? You've got to learn how to handle little challenges all the time. Use the sword of the Spirit. 
for little things all the time. Say what? So that then you're ready. You mean we're on now? We're on? Say what? That you're ready with the sword of the spirit. Now just saying, I, I might bring this back every week. I'm just saying. How do we do this? How do we do this? You've got to stay ready. Stay ready. Little challenges all the time. Look for the sword of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit will give you a sword for every, every situation. Stay ready. Because look at this. Luke chapter 4, verse 13. This is Luke's account of when Jesus was tempted in the wilderness. At the end, he says, now when the devil had ended every temptation, that's that cycle I talked about, he departed from him until... An opportune time. Do you know what that means? He'll be back. He'll be back. Till it's all done, he will be back. That opportune means susceptible or favorable. He'll look for a time. He'll look for a time to come back. So what? You better stay ready. Really? We got to stay ready? Yes. As long as we're here, till we get to heaven, you got to stay ready. Keep your helmet on. Keep it all on. Keep your sword ready. Spirit of God will give you a sword for every situation. So how do we do this? How do we do this? You know, I cannot imagine a Roman soldier without a sword. I can't imagine Zorro without his rapier. Or King Arthur without Excalibur. Or a Jedi Knight without a lightsaber. Look at me. I can't imagine a Christian without a Bible that they've got a handle on it. This is not a, it's not a book for old ladies and little kids and Sunday school stories. This, this is life and death. This is winning in this life. It's what God has given us so that you can stand and so that you can overcome. So how do we do this? How can we set ourselves up so that the Holy Spirit has something to work with to put into our spiritual hands? A couple things. There's plenty more on this, but let me get you going. First of all, read it. Read it. Come on, everybody say, read it. Read it. Well, and don't read it like this. Yeah, I read that. Uh, three years ago during, Christ, uh, during Christmas vacation, I read it. So I'll pull on that shelf. Now, this is not the kind of book that you read like that. I have books. I have novels, spy novels and different stuff. Yeah, I read that. I have books that I read all through, through um, my master's program, doctoral program, books that I read. And I'm never reading them again, you know. And yeah, yeah, I read that. Uh, this is not that kind of book. This is the book that you stay in. Job said this, I have treasured this more than my necessary food. We're going to leave here in a little bit and go eat. Why don't we all eat together? Wouldn't that be great? Somebody call ahead. Um, daily bread. Daily. You've got to be in God's word Read it. Come on, everybody say, read it. I did a series the end of July, early August called Back to the Bible, three-week series. It's, it's on our app. It's online. You can go back. That will give you a little more insight on reading God's Word. Second is this, hear it. Hear it. And what you're doing right now is you're hearing God's Word. This indicates not just hearing it being read to you, but hearing teaching that you're receiving teaching on the word of God. Now I have this, I think I'm thankful for this, but don't limit it to this. I have several different people I listen to online, but I want to caution you. Listen, I want to caution you. 
You're not going to get by by having your five online pastors. You need to be planted in a Bible teaching church. Those that are planted in the house of the Lord thrive and flourish. You've got to be in a church, not that just, and I'm not speaking against any church, would not, would not. But you've got to be in a church where the word of God is clearly being taught to you. That's going to help you to have more exposure to it. And it's like, oh, yeah. And maybe you've never even cracked the book, but something got through to you in a message that you'll be able to say, there it is. And the Spirit of God can handle, hand that to you as a sword. Third would be this, believe it, believe it. Come on, everybody say, believe it. If you believe it, you'll do it. If you believe it, you'll apply it to your life. Fourthly, memorize it. Well, I just lost most of you right there. <laughs> what if I told you we were going to give out $1,000 for every verse you memorized? I bet you could knock out a few, right? We're not. We're not doing that. But you can memorize. Most people say, oh, I can't memorize. You're memorizing stuff all the time. You're memorizing lyrics. You're memorizing funny things from a movie or a show. You're memorizing things all the time. You're memorizing addresses and phone numbers. You're, you're memorizing all kinds of things. So don't give me that. We've got to memorize. There was a guy named Dawson Trotman. He got saved in 1926. He was a delivery driver, a truck driver, uh, making local deliveries for a lumber yard in California. He got saved, got born again, and somebody told him at the church, you need to start learning scripture. And he goes, what do you mean? He said, well, you need to read it, and you need to memorize it too. Memorize it? How do you memorize it? He goes, well, I'm not real sure. So he started writing down verses on cards. He'd write it down. I recommend that, just the exercise of that does something with hand, brain, eye, helps you to start it. And he would read it and say it, read it and say it throughout the day as he was just making his deliveries. Every day he'd pick out a verse. In three years, he learned a thousand verses from the Bible. He started ministering to people just out of the overflow of the word. He later started what is called the Navigators. Some of you would be familiar with the Navigators. They put out discipleship materials. Billy Graham tracked him down when Billy Graham's ministry first started. Billy Graham's almost six foot four. And he grabbed uh, Dawson Trotman, who was about 5'10", grabbed him by the shoulders. He said, I need you to come show me how to do follow-up because I'm getting people saved, but I don't know what to get them to do after that. So he developed follow-up and discipleship programs, started the Navigators. Uh, navigators, when he was, before he even started Navigators, he, um, where he lived, there was a naval base. And so restaurants and stores, he started meeting a bunch of sailors, and he began to lead many of them to the Lord. And then as he'd sit and have coffee with them and talk with them and disciple them, he made little cards this size with verses on them. And they were this size for a reason. And navigators, if you get cards from them in these days, memory cards from them, even to today, they're going to be this size. And they're this size because this fit exactly in a naval officer's cigarette pocket. So that... Instead of smoking, or maybe while they smoked, they could pull out and be learning the Word of God. You and I can learn, we can memorize Scripture. Can you say amen? amen. Now, one other thing is this. Meditate. Meditate. Come on, everybody say meditate. meditate. I 
should have given them this verse earlier, but in Psalm 1, it says this. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. Whoop, verse 2. His delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. It's happy, stable, fruitful, blessed. It's being a blessing, bring glory to God. Meditate. Joshua 1.8 talks about meditating day and night. Don't let the word depart from before your eyes or out of your mouth. Keep it there, for then, then you will prosper, for then you will find, your way will find success. Meditate in the word of God. Um, let me try to illustrate this. It works better with hot water, and this is no longer hot. But this is just water, so this, this is you, and the water is your spirit and your soul on the inside of you. Can you see it okay? They're showing it. There we go. And this is a tea bag. Incidentally, this is hibiscus tea, so it turned really red. If you're dealing with any kind of blood pressure issues, it's good for that too. See, you're learning a lot at church today. But when you read the Word of God, that's just like you dip it in and you pull it out, and it has a little bit of effect. So I'm going to have to keep, keep, keep reading. When you hear the Word of God, it's going to do a little bit more. And then you leave church and hopefully you got, it affected you a little bit. But when you meditate in the word of God, which means you're going to sit and you're going to soak. You're going to sit and you're going to soak and you're going to leave it there and you're going to go over it and you're going to go over it and you're going to go over it. You know what? It's going to start to really make an impact on you. It's going to start to change you. It's going to start to load you up on the inside where the Holy Spirit with ease is going to be able to take from God's word and hand you a sword so that you're going to be able to deal with what's ever in front of you. And when you meditate, when you meditate on the word of God, you're just rolling it over and over. You're sitting and soaking with it. You're thinking about it. You know, when you keep just going over that, it just gets in the inside of you and you get so absolutely convinced, just convinced our world's trying to talk us out of everything. Our world's trying to de- redefine everything and, and, and tell you the word's not true or that's not what it means. And I'm telling you what, when you get revelation in God's word and then when you start to meditate on God's word, nobody can talk you out of that. It's as plain to me as two plus two equals four. I don't care what new math you come up with. I was there. Teacher, Miss Leonard put out four apples in front of me. And said, if you have two apples and you have two apples and I give you two apples for your two apples, how many apples do you have? I have one, two, three, four. Two plus two equals four. And you will never be able to talk me out of that. (laughs) And it's in me because it was there and because I can go back to it and it makes sense to me. And meditating in the word of God does that. Let me just finish with this. It's kind of like a baseball game and a baseball player. And the player shows up in full uniform, got the cleats on, have their position, they're on the roster, all the fans in the stands, it's on TV, there's announcers, there's the umpire, everything else. But let me tell you when it gets personal. Y'all with me? Here's when it gets personal, when you get up to bat. Now, if you are on the roster and if you are going to be batting, this indicates that you have had batting practice. And you have earned your way through there by 
batting and working on this and working on this and working on this so that now you can step into that batter's box you put on the helmet and you take up the bat and it's personal now i know there's thousands of people watching in person and thousands of people watching online and all the other teams but now it is personal it's between you and the pitcher and can i give you the bottom line of baseball one of you is about to be shamed it's one of you and you've got to determine it is not going to be me so i'm going to go to batting practice i'm going to go to batting cages when i was a kid playing baseball i'd i'd play by myself throw the ball up in the yard and hit swing and a miss make sure the neighbors weren't looking get better and better at it work on it work on it work on it my coach would coach me i'm your coach right now he would coach me i I had a tendency to step out of the batter's box he stacked up a bucket and bats behind me that if i stepped back i'd feel it and i would fall and he trained me so there ain't no way i'm stepping out why was i stepping out because i was afraid to get in there, let it hit you a couple times. He threw it at me and hit me. <laughs> I thought, that's not so bad, but it makes me mad. <laughs> Throw me another one. And see, it gets personal. And I'm going to tell you something. The battle that you're going through is personal. The enemy up close, you've got to get ready, y'all. Get some batting practice. Get your back. Keep your helmet on. Get in there and knock it out of the park and shame the devil shame the devil amen one verse because it's what you do before the battle that really determines how it goes one last verse and then i'll close luke 11 21 when a strong man armed to the teeth stands guard in his front yard his property is safe and sound Amen. Did y'all get anything at all out of this today? I pray so. Let's do this. Let's all stand together. We've had a good morning. I've run us about all out of time here. I hope it was worth it for you. It sure was for me. We had a good time today. Let me pray over you right now before we leave. Father, thank you. And we're about to go out those doors out into the world. We're about to leave sanctuary, but we can carry your peace your favor, your armor with us the whole way. And so, Lord, I pray that even what we receive today, that we set ourselves in motion, we make a deep commitment to be students of your word, to go to batting practice, to work on this, to work on this, to read, to hear, to study, to memorize, to meditate upon your word so that the Holy Spirit has something to draw upon to put in our hands so that we're never again without a weapon. So that always in every situation, big ones, little ones, daily ones, ongoing ones, that we have spiritual weaponry from you and we're able to withstand and we're able to overcome. So God, we commit ourselves. Holy Spirit, I know you will help us. Help us in a big time, a big time, a real way. We thank you for that. I pray your blessing upon your people right now. Give them a great rest of the day. Surround them with your favor. Let them be aware of your presence. And the Holy Spirit, continue to lead us and guide us and remind us of these things. I speak peace to every gathering, every dwelling today. And Lord, we say it is good to have been in the house of the Lord. And as we leave today, we declare loudly, our God reigns. 
It's in Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said amen. Amen. God bless you. I love you. Peace to your house.